0: the y'all show is back in business hello i'm john rawl host of this y'all the all southern program so wonderful to have you aboard here as we get a whole new week going the 13th day of january has arrived and we're glad that you can join us here hey coming up on today's y'all show later this hour in our y'all street business report we have a very special guest professor michael bustler he's an economics professor and he's going to join us to learn a little bit more about what's going on with this so-called trump economy some great numbers that came out on friday the stock market setting all kinds of records low unemployment the wages going up and is this going to keep on trucking is the south benefiting from the trump economy all this will be asked to michael bustler phd when he joins us later this hour for our y'all street business report in hour number two we'll start it off with a quick look back at the nfl games Ooh, what a thriller in kansas city as the Chiefs are going to advance after a comeback win over the Houston Texans. The Tennessee Titans went to Baltimore over the weekend, got a big win over the Ravens. And we had a couple other games. We'll tell you about all that coming up. Plus, today in New Orleans, it is a big old day. It's the CFP National Championship game taking place in the Big Easy between the Clemson Tigers and the LSU Tigers. And we'll have a little info on that. And, of course, we'll be right back here on the Tuesday Y'all Show with a complete analysis of whoever walks away with the big old natty trophy all that is part of our sports review coming up in hour two then jerry short's going to join us to talk a little bit about this iran united states standoff in the middle east get his thoughts on that plus hey we'll talk a little bit about the world and not just about armed conflicts potentially but what's going on with this awful volcano that's happening off the coast of the philippines and is that going to affect us here in this country similar to other volcanoes that have happened in years past also what's going on with all the rain and the bad weather we had is that going to create more of these giant holes in the ground some call them sinkholes other call them cave-ins and we'll talk about all that with jerry short in hour two 803 816 1170 is how you can connect to us here. Our website, y'all.com. Please go there, like our page, follow us, and also bookmark our you com page. It is the ultimate guide to the South, free of charge. Wonderful information being posted there nonstop. Check it out. And then, of course, we're y'all.com on Facebook, 803 816 1170. Again, that number to call us if you have a question. comment well let's get into the headlines of the southeast without further delay and it was a rough weekend as we expected from a nature and mother nature and also uh, just a severe storm outbreak standpoint is over 12 people right at 12 people have died as severe storms swept across the country many of which died here in the southeast and a sad story coming from west texas as an officer and a firefighter with the Lubbock police department and the Lubbock fire department there in Texas died in the line of duty because of these storms as 27 year old Nicholas Raina with the Lubbock police department and 39 year old fire lieutenant and paramedic Eric Hill. They died after they were killed going to help out after another hit by a vehicle while working the scene of a traffic accident, all because of the storms that broke out there. And we also have had lives claimed in Louisiana, Alabama, and also even in Iowa, this storm that went across the southeast and other parts of the last few days. In Nacogdoches County in Texas, authorities said one person died there when a tree fell on their home. Police in Dallas, Texas said one person died Friday night when a car flipped into a creek west of downtown Dallas in Alabama in Carrollton. A tornado came through there and three people confirmed dead from a tornado that went there. The victims identified as 51 year old Tyrone Spain, 85 year old Albert Barnett, and his wife, 75 year old Susan Barnett. This is in Pickens County, Alabama, in the Black Belt region of the state of alabama and i know in louisiana there was a lot of storm damage there even storm damage in mississippi around olive branch i don't know of any uh, fatalities there in north mississippi west tennessee had some rough weather as well and even into georgia and the carolinas it was a rough couple of hours over this past weekend but as of now we know that at least 12 people dead as severe storms swept across the country over the last few days our thoughts certainly go out to our families of those who were killed or wounded or, or not wounded injured in this severe storm outbreak an unfortunate story coming from baltimore as authorities say that 12 people were shot and five of them fatally in eight separate weekend shootings in baltimore maryland the first shootings happened around 2:30 saturday morning and involved three female victims One victim, a 28-year-old woman, died shortly after arriving in a hospital. And just a few hours after that, police responded to a shooting in southeast Baltimore, where a 46-year-old man with a gunshot wound to the leg and another shooting victim, a 40-year-old man, walked into a hospital seeking treatment for a wound to his leg, and I think he ended up dying. But a very violent outbreak in Baltimore this past weekend with five dead and 12 shot I know we often look at Chicago and the violence that has gone on there, but here in Baltimore, in our border area of the Southeast, the Baltimore area now having an outbreak of violence. And in this case, a pretty, pretty bad day over the last weekend city council president brandon scott who's running for mayor issued a statement sunday condemning the violence saying a day that should have been met with pride and community was once again flooded with violence and loss and he was talking there referencing the nfc or rather nfl divisional afc divisional playoff game that the nearby baltimore ravens hosted against the tennessee titans And the Ravens, by the way, lost that game. But, yes, what should have been a a very exciting day, a, a rough day in Baltimore. Baltimore recorded 348 homicides in 2019, its fifth consecutive year with more than 300 murders and the most violent year ever on a per capita basis last year. And here so far in 2019, the statistics are not boding well for those in Baltimore. The Pentagon has now identified two service members who were killed in a roadside bombing in Afghanistan, one of these from the southeast as 29-year-old Staff Sergeant Ian McLaughlin of Newport News, Virginia, as well as Private First Class Miguel A. Valallan of Joliet, Illinois, killed in this bombing, according to a spokesperson or statement from the Department of Defense. They were killed in a roadside bombing this weekend as they died Saturday when their vehicle was struck by an improvised explosive device, an IED, in the southern province of Kandahar. The Taliban claimed responsibility for the incident, which is currently. Under investigation, the two soldiers were conducting operations as part of NATO's resolute support mission. According to the statement released over the weekend, the attack also injured two service members. McLaughlin and Vallan were assigned to the three hundred and seventh Brigade Engineer Battalion, Third Brigade Combat Team out of the Eighty Second Airborne in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. This was the first combat deployment for both, according to the eighty second Airborne Division. McLaughlin is survived by a wife and four children. The is survived by his parents. So unfortunately, these two heroes serving our country in Afghanistan killed in the line of duty over this past weekend. A pit bull attack in Kentucky has claimed the life of a man, and now a woman's been arrested for that as she's being arrested for essentially provoking the pit bull to attack this man in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. A a very bizarre story coming to us from the Commonwealth of Kentucky as this woman arrested for the murder. And this guy that she had the pit bull attack was considered to be a friend, according to reports and an awful scene there as 55-year-old Donald Abner died after being mauled by the dog at his home in Conway, Kentucky, and arrested over the weekend was 38-year-old Melissa Wolk, accused of sickening the dog on Abner and refusing to command the dog to retreat. She's now been charged with murder. Authorities are not really familiar or at this point are aware of why the two had a problem and a fight and ended up having the woman sick the dog on the man and he died as a result of this pit bull attack in the state of kentucky the former head basketball coach of the university of north carolina's women's program has been charged in connection with an accident that ended up killing an elderly pedestrian in the durham north carolina area as 67 year old sylvia hatchell who was a longtime head basketball coach of the north carolina lady tar Heels, who ended up being dismissed last year Now is cited for misdemeanor death by vehicle and unsafe movement violation as 89-year-old Betty Colby was struck by Hatchell's vehicle about noon last week on Monday in the parking lot of a fitness center. The impact knocked the 89-year-old woman backward and she hit her head on the pavement and she died on Wednesday of last week sylvia hatchell resigned as unc's women basketball coach last april after an external review found she had made racially insensitive comments and applied undue influence regarding players ability to compete through medical issues again fired and now over the last few days while she's been in the durham area her car hitting this very old uh, octogenarian 89 year old betty colby and unfortunately she died after the car struck her Another story to pass along here on this Monday edition of the Y'all Show, if you want to fly to Cuba and you want to go to somewhere in that island nation outside of Havana, you might just have to make. a a different plan because the administration of president trump is now banning charter flights to cuban cities besides havana and a new tightening of u.s restrictions on the nation of cuba in october the administration banned commercial flights to cities outside of havana and now the state department in a press release on friday said that charter operators would have 60 days to wind their flights to wind down their flights to santiago Holguin and uh, seven other cities across Cuba and put a new restriction on the number of charter flights to Havana's Jose Marti International Airport. As Secretary of State Michael Pompeo said in a statement, today's action will further restrict the Cuban regime's ability to obtain revenue, which it uses to finance its ongoing repression of the Cuban people and its unconscionable support for dictator Nicolas Maduro." in venezuela and that the nation of cuba in the news also as we wrap up our first of two sections of headlines here today let's keep in mind our own u.s territory not far from cuba puerto rico they had that awful earthquake the other day and i know a lot of the island is still having some problems with electricity being cut on and as far as I know, they have not had any deaths, thank goodness, in in the nation, or not nation, in the island, or on the island, or the territory, actually, of Puerto Rico. Sorry, I'll get it right one of these days. But yes, actually, if you did not know this, Puerto Rico is considered part of the Southern Association of Governors. So when they have their annual meeting each year with the governors of Florida, Georgia, or the Carolinas tennessee mississippi and more there you have puerto rico's governor right there as a a territory right here in this little quadrant of the country we consider them a, a a southern state but they're actually a territory we've got more headlines from across the southeast that we're going to get to after the break including a stunning change at the box office also we'll let you know about how a fisherman caught a 350 pound fish near uh, just off the southwest florida we'll let you know what kind of fish who the lucky angler was all that is coming up and don't forget later this hour it's our y'all street business report with our special guest economics professor michael bustler all that ahead on y'all
2: Beep's coming. You know what to do.
3: Hey, I'm gonna just rip this band-aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship you're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. (laughs) How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could.
4: Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply.
0: continuing on with the news around the southeast here on this the y'all show with your host john rawl twitter instagram you can follow us at y'all show so easy to be a part of this movement where we give you everything that's going on in the southeast we've got a special guest coming up in just a few minutes economics professor michael bustler and then in hour two of today's y'all show we'll look back at the weekend and sports and then jerry short he'll join us for his tales from tacapola all that coming up on the y'all show well if you thought you've had a pretty bad couple of days i bet you your days haven't quite stacked up to our friends at fake news cnn (laughs) now the legal department at cnn is really working overtime these days because if you remember what we told you last week the the world leader i guess it would be well the world leader for news allegedly i guess the world leader for sports would be espn but yes cnn last week they entered a settlement with nick sandman if you don't know who that is he was the covington catholic high school student that was in washington dc over the last uh, year and man cnn and other media outlets went berserk on sandman and other kids from that high school in northern kentucky because it was alleged that they were i guess being little wise guy racist there on those networks and and they fought back and they they sued and they ended up settling for an undisclosed amount with cnn the other day and they're still fighting some of the other news outlets for the i guess the the slander would be what it would be against sandman and his classmates Well, CNN also had to have another settlement here of late, as they've agreed to a record $76 million settlement over a labor dispute, as it's a $76 million settlement in back pay as part of a record settlement with the Federal Labor Board after the Atlanta-based cable TV network terminated the contracts of unionized camera operators in 2003. The settlement is the, what is called the largest monetary remedy in the National Labor Relations Board's 85 year history. As the agency said in a statement, the settlement will benefit more than 300 people. As the general counsel for that organization says, the settlement demonstrates the board's continued commitment to enforcing the law and ensuring employees who were treated unfairly obtain the monetary relief ordered by the board the nlrb and cnn ended its contract with a unionized subcontractor and then replaced the workers with new employees without recognizing or bargaining with the two unions that had represented the tvs employees team video services that from the nlrb but right now cnn's having a lot of money going out for these settlements i wonder how much they got coming in speaking of what's coming in and who's making a little money these days hey we went to the box office some of you this last couple of days to see new movies like 1917 from director sam mendez and guess what that new movie about world war one brought in 36 and a half million dollars in its first weekend of wide release and that topped the box office ending the three-week reign of star wars the rise of skywalker which brought in 15 million dollars this past weekend according to studio estimates Now, I'm sure the people aren't crying too much at Star Wars. If they brought in 15 this last weekend, I'm sure they'd brought in uh, several hundred million dollars when it's all added up here pretty soon. But Universal's strategy worked beautifully for the film 1917 as the film went from just 11 screens in its first two weeks of release to more than 3,400 on the weekend after it won Golden Globes for Best Director and Best Drama Film and just before monday's academy award nominations where it's likely to get nods in several categories and a wonderful film if you have a chance to see it it's the epic wartime film of 1917 shot and edited to appear as though it was done in a single take again from director sam mendez and this is the story of his own grandfather and it is just doing wonders across the whole country as with its previous two-week take, the film 1977 uh, has now earned $39.2 million in the U.S. and Canada and over $60 million globally other films in the running for what happened at the box office this past weekend jumanji the next level was in third place in its fifth week of release for sony with earnings of 14 million dollars sony also had the hit little women out and that brought in some some dough as well but many of you because of the uh let's just say ugly weekend with rain and bad weather went out to the box office and caught some of these films but 1917, right now, atop top the box office tallies. Now to Alabama, and a the county there is going to preserve a jail remnant where Martin Luther King Jr. was held, as Jefferson County, where Birmingham is. The commissioners there have unanimously approved a resolution to memorialize and preserve an area on the seventh floor of the county courthouse that used to be used to be a jail. Much of the floor is now used for storage and mechanical equipment. As Sheriff Mark Petway said, the civil rights leader was held on that floor back in 1967 when he served three days for contempt after losing an appeal on his conviction for demonstrating without a permit years earlier. And now this area of the cell where he was held there in the Birmingham jail. I don't think this was the Birmingham jail that the famous letter from a birmingham jail cell was written i don't think but at least this 1967 jail stay the room the actual cell they're going to be remembered going forward for martin luther king jr which by the way one week from today is the national holiday for the civil rights leader to lawrenceville georgia and taco bell was not open on christmas day But a burglar there decided he wanted a festive feast and decided to go have a little Taco Bell. And while he was at it, decided to take a nap and police have now asked for the public's help in identifying the man who did break into the restaurant in lawrenceville on 25 december prepared food and then fell asleep early on christmas morning at around 12 20 or rather 12:15 a.m right when santa claus was expected to arrive this man approached the taco bell in lawrenceville and entered through the drive through window as surveillance video shows him using the fryers to make himself a meal after eating said meal he then proceeded to take a nap on the restaurant floor and prior to leaving about three hours later the suspect stole a laptop and a tablet so this is this is a bad guy in case you're wondering the suspect described as a black male wearing black sweatpants a black hooded sweatshirt and black sneakers something tells me he likes the old black look it looks like information if you know it if you have anything about this person the taco bell bandit call lawrenceville police at 770-513-5300 not in the Christmas spirit, they're breaking into the Lawrenceville Taco Bell, and finally, a fish story to tell you about here on the y'all Show as we wrap up our headlines, according to the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. This is certainly no fish tale. this is all about a what they call a big old fish as a year of twenty nineteen was wrapping up. a fisherman caught a massive Warsaw grouper in Southwest Florida, and now a biologist from that age. Agency, the florida fish and wildlife research institute and others with the wildlife conservation commission have determined that this is one truly impressive catch as this grouper caught by hook and line back on december 29th off of southwest florida in 600 feet of water and biologists estimated the age of this fish at 50 years old making this the oldest sample collected for the program of aging there in florida According to this, fish was extremely valuable. The samples from larger and older larger and older fish are rare. Warsaw, the Warsaw grouper we're talking about, are characterized by an elongated second dorsal spine. And this one was caught. And if you see the photo there put out by the Florida Wildlife Commission's Fish and Wildlife Research Institute, the lucky angler who caught this thing, is dwarfed dwarfed there in the picture by this warsaw grouper and it's just i don't know i mean this this fellow i don't have his name must have been working out a lot before capturing this thing off of the southwest coast of florida because it's it's a big one and and or should, i should say this is a biggin And congratulations, all involved there with this huge, huge fish. You know, here in the South, we like our fishing. And I don't know too many of you who've gone out and caught 350 pound groupers. So we want to give this unnamed fisherman all the cred. And I guess he's staying anonymous because he doesn't want all the people coming up and saying, hey, How'd you catch that there fish there in Southwest Florida? I can't even tell you where the honey hole is because it's just listed here in the story as Southwest Florida. So if you want to go catch you a 350 pound pit fish, I can give you the basic idea, but also you better come equipped with big muscles and plenty of time on your hand because that's what it's going to take to catch a 350 350 pound Warsaw grouper in Southwest Florida. Well, that is a quick look at what's going on across the southeast today. When we come back after this little old break here, pause for the calls. We're going to switch over to our Y'all Street Business Report. And boy, oh boy, do we have a great guest. In fact, this guest is coming to us today from across that Mason-Dixon line in the state of Jersey new jersey to be to be specific as dr michael bustler is going to be coming on he is an economics professor and he's got a lot to say about this trump economy are things really as good as it appears they are and dr Busler will let us know yes no maybe a little bit of both We'll have all that coming up. And don't forget, when we get to hour two in today's Y'all Show, we'll look back at those NFL games going on this past weekend. We'll tell you about who's going to be playing in the championship weekend coming up of the NFL as the AFC and the NFC will determine their winner to go on to the Super Bowl. All that coming up, plus Jerry Short in hour two with his Tales from Takapola. This is the Y'all Show.
2: coming. You know what to do.
3: Hey, I'm going to just rip this band-aid off. We need to break up. You're just you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. (laughs) How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could.
4: Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R
2: to 84888. Data rates may apply.
1: I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it with garlic garlic. Cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed.
3: GTG, BRB, OMW be there in a few. You may think that these kinds of texts are fine because of their length and you can easily send them at a stoplight, but no. Answering one text can take your attention away from the road for five seconds. And traveling at 55 miles an hour, that's enough time to travel the length of a football field. Make good decisions. Don't text and drive. Visit
2: StopText stoprex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration,
5: Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. It's Friday night, baby, get ready, set,
4: Gonna take it to the crystal and a picture show. Well, the sky's the limit, there's no price too high.
0: Baby, you're the apple of
4: my eye. Got my paycheck in my pocket and some gas in the tank. Party, your love's better than money in the bank. Hey, hey, hey,
0: hey, hey the monday edition of the y'all show continues time now for our y'all street business report where we look at the economic happenings of the southeast and the nation and here on this monday edition joining me here on the show is a special guest michael bustler he's a phd and a public policy analyst economics expert and a professor of finance at stockton university in new jersey and Professor Bussler is a featured columnist at Newsmax, Lifeset, and Townhall.com. And he's joining us right now to help us make sense of what's going on with the Trump economy. Hello, Professor Bussler. Well, hello. How are you? Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, thank you very much. Now, help us make sense of some of the... Uh, we we We've been seeing lots of great information about the economy, yeah. but something specific happened, I think, on Friday of last week. Help us understand what that announcement was all about. Uh, are you talking about the jobs numbers that, that jo- came out? Jobs numbers, and I guess we hit we hit a stock market all time high. Something. Oh, and the stock market uh,
6: uh, Dow crossing over briefly. It didn't close, but it crossed over twenty nine thousand. Okay. So, uh, so the question is: <clears throat> um, Here we are in twenty twenty. What do we have to look for from uh, Trump economy? Uh, let me start off by saying uh, most uh, economists, uh, both in the government and the private sector. Both are uh, forecasting that the economy uh, will slow down this year. Um, We had uh, about 3% growth in 2018. This year we're gonna end up with about 2.3, 2.4% growth. Um, Most economists uh, forecast next year to be down in the 2% range or even a little bit less. So they expect the economy to, to slow. I don't agree with that. Uh, I think the economy will pick up next year and the pickup already started in uh, the fourth quarter. Now, why do I say that? Well, uh, if you take a look and go back a little bit and look um, at the big picture, when President Trump came into office, um, he set economic growth as his top priority. And that was a good thing to do since. Uh, The prior administration didn't concentrate on economic growth. Uh, They were more concerned with curing the perceived social injustices. Uh, It's injustice. Everybody doesn't have health care. It's injustice. Big banks take advantage of people, et cetera. Um, And every time they worked on that, that tended to slow economic growth. So uh, during the whole Obama administration, economic growth averaged under 2% a year and created all kinds of problems. So President Trump got into office and he said, look, we have to concentrate on getting economic growth up. What I can do uh, quickly myself is um, through executive order, I can eliminate many of the Obama administration's counterproductive regulations that slowed economic growth, which he did. Uh, Then he said, um, working with Congress, uh, I can get a tax cut passed that will reduce taxes for all Americans, the middle class, so there's more money for them to spend, the upper classes and corporations, so there's more uh, investment capital created for expansion. So the tax cut goes through. 2018, the economy is all set to take off, and finally growth is a hit 3% or better. And just as that happens, the Federal Reserve decides uh, that inflation could be a problem, so they decided from the end of 2016 to the end of 2018 they increased interest rates eight times and moved to shrink up the money supply. So just as the economy was taking off, the Federal Reserve sort of uh, put a damper on on growth. Still, 2018 was a good year, but because of the Federal Reserve policy. Last year, 2019, growth tended to slow. Fortunately, the Federal Reserve realized they made a mistake. And in 2019, they reduced interest rates three times and they moved to increase the money supply. Now that, um, now I believe we have interest rates about where they should be and the money supply about where uh, it should be. So monetary policy won't be working against growth. With the consumers um, now feeling very good, their confidence is at record highs, they're getting larger wage increases than they have in decades, Uh, their total incomes are going up, so consumers are are spending. The business sector, which has been lagging a little bit in spending, uh, will increase spending I think this year, mostly because the trade deals are just about to get all resolved. Now, not completely, but... We've got Mexico, Canada's resolved. We have one with South Korea resolved, one with Japan resolved. We still have to deal with Europe. We're going to sign the first part of the resolution with China, um, I believe, next week. So once the trade situation stabilizes, business investment will uh, start to uh, increase also. Um, And I see inflation remaining low and economic growth this year hitting at least 2.5% and perhaps as high as 3%. So I'm a little more optimistic going over the whole big picture there. I'm a little more optimistic than the majority of uh
0: other economists. All right. We're talking to economics professor here on today's y'all show, Michael Bussler, and he is all over what's going on with the economy. And we've got some big events going on here in 2020. And I want to ask you with impeachment and with all of the crisis that we've had in the Middle East, do you see that affecting the Trump economy? Normally,
6: uh, events like that, which create a lot of uncertainty. Normally, they have very negative impacts on the um, economy. It's not happening this time. The impeachment, uh, I call it the impeachment nonsense. The impeachment nonsense, I think, will be over in the next two or three weeks. Uh, we all know what the outcome uh, will will be. They'll go through a trial or not. And in the end, President Trump will be um, acquitted and he'll be able to go on. Uh, so that'll take some uncertainty out. I think everybody uh, expects that pretty much to happen. So it's not having much of a a negative impact. With regard to foreign policy, uh, anytime there's a a chance of any kind of a major conflict, that gets everybody very nervous and tends to uh, cause some economic shocks. I think President Trump is taking the correct position here, uh, similar to what Ronald Reagan did, a peace through strength position. Um, And um, while nobody likes to use any military action, um, you do have to show your uh, opponent that, if necessary, you will use it. So I think um, the policies that Trump uh, has put into place here, uh, even though they get us a little bit nervous at a number of times, uh, so far they seem to be working fairly well. And I don't see any major shocks uh, in foreign policy uh, causing anything to really harm the economy. The other thing is that uh, historically, when there was an issue in the Middle East and oil supplies were threatened, oil prices spiked <laughs> and that oftentimes caused a recession. Well, Uh, President Trump has also made us energy independent. So any conflict in the Middle East uh, will have some impact on world markets. So we'll feel a little bit here. But because we do have adequate supplies, uh, it's not going to cause any kind of a shock to our economy, even if the worst case uh, happens in the Middle East. So I don't see any uh, issues there. Um, I think, as I said, um, I think we're looking at a good year. Uh, There's always risks from things we don't even know about. But so far, the things that could possibly be um, risks and have a negative impact on the economy, I think so far, those things are fairly minimal.
0: Talking today with Michael Busler, Ph.D., a public policy analyst, economics expert, and a professor of finance at Stockton University in the state of New Jersey. He's also a featured columnist at Newsmax, Life set and Town Hall. Dot com, and you can look up more information on Michael at his website, muckrack.com, slash Michael-Busler, B-U-S-L-E-R. Facebook, it's facebook.com, slash Michael.Busler. And Twitter, mBusler.com is how you can reach out to him. And if we take our red for conservative Republicans and our blue Democrat liberal glasses off, Michael, yeah. are are we... Confident, if you're a referee and you're judging a big battle here, that things are so much better in 2020 economically than in 20, let's say, 2016?
6: Uh, yeah, I would say yes. Um, uh, taking an impartial view without trying to uh, shade one side or the other, and admittedly that is oftentimes difficult in today's climate, but trying to be uh, as objective as possible, um, I think all the signs are pointing to um, – are pointing very positively for 2020. Um, and as I said, I see uh, good good times uh, uh, ahead. Some of this negativism that is put forth in the mainstream media uh, and some of these stories about how the sky is falling and a bubble's about to burst and all these kind of things uh, that really don't have any sound basis Uh, But once they get in the newspapers, people start to get a little nervous. And once you get people a little nervous, um, you know, they could start to cut back a little bit. So um, all the negative uh, things that are written in the newspaper about the economy that do seem to be somewhat slanted or biased uh, certainly don't help anything.
0: I want to ask you, since you are above that Mason-Dixon line, and we're a show that focuses on everything south of the Mason-Dixon line, what can you tell us from an economic standpoint of what you expect to see here in the southern states going forward in this Trump economy?
6: Well, um, the southern states that rely on agriculture uh, that may have been uh, hurt a little bit uh, or maybe more than a little bit during some of these uh, trade war battles Uh, They're going to see some uh, very positive gains. Uh, China realized when they um, retaliated against Trump's tariffs by putting Tariffs on agricultural products. It really ended up hurting their population because food prices went up, and most of their workers are fairly low paid. That's why we're over there in the first place. Um, so it put a, a squeeze on their uh, population. So they're going to start buying large amounts of food from us. So any um, most of the agricultural industry, and particularly those that uh, sold to China in the past, I think we'll see some. Big gains going a little further south down to uh, Texas and uh, along the Gulf Coast there. I think the energy industry um, will continue to do well. I don't think energy prices will spike. Uh, they'll probably be fairly stable and, if anything, maybe uh, somewhat increasing uh, simply because uh, um, activity should increase the rest of the world is not doing quite as well as we are. So any businesses that do a lot of, uh, transaction with foreign companies may not see, um, a whole lot of growth. But <clears throat> generally speaking, as I say, things, things will look good. Um, I think for businesses all, all over the country, interest rates are now, at, I think at a spot where they should be. So any businesses that need, um, financing, uh, should be able one to get it since we fixed the problems with the dodd-frank bill that uh, was low uh, was uh, made it very difficult for banks to make loans. Um, so businesses will see banks are willing continuing to uh, be willing to make loans interest rates have stabilized at a good spot so if you need some debt financing as I say it should be uh, you should be able to get it. Um, so I'd say for the South and really for most of the country, uh, things things look pretty good for this year.
0: And on the energy sector, specifically Texas and Louisiana, in the Trump administration, I believe the deregulation has really boosted that particular natural gas and the refinery business, right?
6: Yes, it's done very, very well. Texas, I know, is doing uh, extremely well. I'm sure the refineries along in Louisiana, they're also uh, Doing well, yeah. Trump, um, his whole view was: look, just uh, get the government out of the way of business. Uh, You know, there's certain function government performs. We want to make sure no disasters occur. Um, But look, for the most part, just get out of the way of business and let business go, and things will work out for everybody. And that's pretty much what's, what's happening. So um, the needed regulations Trump kept in place, the ones that were burdensome and really counterproductive and even a little ridiculous, uh, Trump got, got rid of. Uh, so people still have a good level of protection and now it's much easier uh, for businesses to, to move forward instead of having the government as a weight on their back. Like, that weight has been taken off and it makes it a little easier for them to go forward.
0: Well, you teach again at Stockton University in New Jersey, and yes. I assume you're not too harsh on the president in your classroom. Which I had kind of given up on professors. I thought everybody was against the president.
6: <laughs> well, uh, unfortunately, um, I teach at a university that was started as a liberal arts college, so I would say of the 340 faculty members. Um, I think I found maybe five that share my views, (laughs) and the rest uh, tend to uh, share the the other view and be very passionate um, about the other view, too, so I try to keep my views to myself on campus.
0: With your fellow economists out there, have you seen a change in any of them over these last three years who didn't want to give Trump's maybe ideas any credit, but now they've seen results and they're like, well, maybe this guy's not so bad?
6: you know uh, um what i've heard particularly in the last few months um and leading up to the next um election i hear from business people and other economists uh they say look my, my business is doing well i really can't stand the guy for whatever reason i don't like the guy but you can't argue with his policies uh, no matter what we thought was going to happen um my business is booming so um uh, These guys pretty much said to me, look, I'm going to hold my nose, go into the voting booth and vote for Trump. Wow. So, yeah, I do see things changing a little bit.
0: So you're predicting right here on the Y'all Show today that you expect New Jersey and New York to become red in November. Uh, November of what year? I'm not sure. <laughs> but I think that might take a little longer than we think. All right. Well, again, you can check out Michael Bussler's work on his website, muckrack.com slash Michael dash B-U-S-L-E-R, Facebook, facebook.com slash Michael dot busler and on Twitter, M Bussler is how you can reach out to him this public policy analyst and economics expert that appears on Newsmax, LifeSet and townhall.com and appearing today on the Yall Street Business Report. We thank you very much Professor bustler Thank you. Look forward to doing it again. All right. When we come back in hour two of today's Y'all Show, a look back at the weekend. Some great games in the NFL. Congratulations to those Titans from Nashville. Surprising everybody. Plus, we've got Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Ty Coppola. He'll be on with some stories from the Old South. All that ahead on the Y'all Show.
2: Beep's coming. You know what to do.
3: Hey, I'm gonna just rip this band-aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you. And I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. (laughs) How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool, not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could.
4: Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. Hey, y'all. Jeff
7: Foxworthy here.
0: If you love the South, you're going to love this next hour because this is the Y'all Show with John Rawl, and we're here starting a new week out talking about... Dixie. Coming up in just a few minutes, we got our teller of tales from Takapola joining us, Jerry Short. And no telling what that's on that boy's mind when he's going to join us here to talk about the South, all that ahead. But right now, we begin this second hour of our show today. Talk a little sports. A weekend review is what we do right here on the first day of our work week and looking back at the weekend we're going to tell you about the nfl we're going to tell you about who's going to be playing this weekend in our championship games for the afc and mc but we can't we can't go on without giving a little cred to what's happening this evening in new orleans at the mercedes-benz superdome it's the college football playoff it's the national championship game and it features the clemson tigers and the LSU Tigers, and what's going to be a monster game broadcast on ESPN. It's set for an 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock New Orleans time kick, and boy, oh, boys, it's going to be awesome. Again, it's the South versus the South. It's the ACC versus the SEC. It's the Tigers versus the Tigers. It's it's Death Valley versus Death Valley. It's purple versus purple and orange, purple and gold, purple versus purple a lot of purple and a lot a, a tiger rag it's tiger rag versus tiger rag it's two teams that first got together in a bowl game in 1959 when it was for the 1958 season and it was the sugar bowl and a victory there by people like billy cannon for lsu over clemson propelled them the tigers that is of lsu to their very first national championship for that 1958 season and of course clemson lsu they battled in a couple bowls like the chick-fil-a bowl and the peach bowl a couple of times i think clemson's won the last game that was played about 2011-2012. A big win for Dabo Sweeney, by the way, when Clemson beat Les Miles' LSU Tigers in Atlanta in the Chick-fil-A Bowl. But now it's the game of 2020 and for the 2019 season. It's going to be epic. Now, we've got it it all covered. If you join us on Tuesday, we'll have a complete recap. Our barrister of college football and barbecue and cooking and so much more, Matt Humans is going to weigh in on the big game and we'll have it right here when we join, when we kind of get back together and I can guarantee you one thing right now as we get ready, if you want to put money on the game, I can absolutely guarantee you and you know what it's coming here, you know what I'm going to say, the Tigers are going to win. <laughs> so we'll have all that on on the Tuesday Y'all Show, but again, it's an 8 Eastern, 7 Central kick between the Clemson Tigers of Clemson College and Clemson, also known as pickens county south carolina right on lake hartwell and they're facing off against the guys right on the mississippi river right by the the levee right there in east what is it east baton rouge parish i believe and it's the old war school it's louisiana state university and a&m college i think is their technical name and in the old war school the tigers the bayou Bengals, are going to be there with coach o coach rogeron and Dabo sweeney going to be a great one. Now, I don't know if you had a chance on Saturday to catch the FCS National Championship game. Congratulations again to North Dakota State as they won another national championship and they finished 6 and uh, rather 16 and 0 in that win as they had their FCS record winning streak to 37 with a result of uh, 37 wins in a row after they won their record eighth championship in FCS football all in the past 9 seasons. They also won a couple of Division II titles back in the day. And North Dakota State, which is, of course, not a Southern school, but got to give credit on the gridiron when credit's due, they defeated Virginia's own James Madison University Dukes in a very close game there in Frisco, Texas. And as a result of that win, they become the first 16-win team in a season in any division since the Yale Bulldogs won 16 games way back in 1894. So North Dakota State with a win over James Madison, winning their eighth FCS football title. Congratulations to the Bison. Now to the NFL ranks we go. And looking back at the winners from the weekend on Saturday, you had the San Francisco 49ers holding court at home. And they defeated the Vikings 27-10 to advance the NFC championship game. Great win there by Garofalo and others as the 49ers advance and then a shocker there in Baltimore on Saturday night as Derrick Henry and those Tennessee Titans ran all over the Ravens and Tennessee wins 28 to 12 a great win in that AFC divisional playoff game and Tennessee advances here for the AFC Championship game. Now, on Sunday, who are those Titans of Tennessee going to play? Which, by the way, I need to tell you, there was a really good wager in that Titans-Ravens game between the two governors of Maryland and Tennessee, as the governor of Maryland said that he would send crab cakes to Nashville if the Ravens lost, and Governor Bill Lee of the Volunteer State said that he would send Nashville hot chicken to the state, or to, I guess, Annapolis, to the state capital there, to the governor of Maryland, if Tennessee lost that playoff game there in Baltimore. But, well, guess what? It was a Tennessee thumping. So, if you live around Nashville and you smell some crab cakes, some fresh crab cakes around the state capitol sometime this week, you'll know exactly where they came from. It's all because of the big win by the home team, Tennessee Titans, over the... Baltimore Ravens on Saturday. In fact, President Trump even congratulated the Tennessee Titans. You know, President Trump, in the middle of tweeting about impeachment and what's going on in Iran, he took time on Saturday night to tweet Congratulations to the great state of Tennessee. You got yourselves a fantastic football team. Big win and win in all caps last night. So thank you, President Trump, on behalf of all those in the state of Tennessee for the Titans winners in their playoff game now what's up next for the Titans, they're going to be taking on the Kansas City Chiefs as the Chiefs had an epic comeback in their win against the Houston Texans on Sunday there at Arrowhead. 51-31 the score. Now the Chiefs were down in this game 24-zip and Mahomes ends up throwing all kinds of touchdowns for the big win for KC and it was really a record-shattering day there for the Chiefs as they got that win as they became the first team to win a playoff game by 20 points after trailing about 20 points. So that big news out of Arrowhead. Now the Chiefs and Titans get together. In the NFC on Sunday evening at Lambeau the Packers defeated the Seahawks 28-23. to So now we advance to this coming weekend where you got The NFC, AFC, the conference championship games going on. There'll be Sunday. The AFC championship game goes first. It'll be broadcast on CBS starting at 3.05 Eastern, 2.05 Kansas City time between the Chiefs and the Tennessee Titans. These two original teams, part of the original AFL when the Chiefs were technically the Dallas Texans. And now as we celebrate the NFL's 100th anniversary and the 60th anniversary of the formation of the AFL, in the AFC Championship game, Lamar Hunt's Kansas City Chiefs and old Bud Adams, and now his daughter runs it, the Tennessee Titans get together at Arrowhead in this mid afternoon game. On the AF, a rather NFC side, it's the Packers and 49ers from Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. Fox is going to be broadcasting this game as the Niners and Packers start at 640 Eastern, 540 Central Time. And finally, as we wrap up our look back on the weekend in sports, I don't know if you saw some of the NFL stuff over the weekend, but on Saturday it was a surprise there to Bill Cower, former NC State Wolfpack player who went on to be a player and a coach in the NFL mostly with the – pittsburgh steelers and helped them win a lot of games and win titles and such well he was surprised with an invitation to be part of the pro football hall of fame and he got very emotional about that his wife and daughter there for that surprise there on cbs and then fox decided to try to do the same thing and they did that on sunday As it was announced that Jimmy Johnson, the former head coach of the Miami Dolphins, and also, I should say, former head coach of the Dallas Cowboys primarily, and of course, came there after a long career coaching college football for the Miami Hurricanes. Well, this former Arkansas Razorback player, he also was announced as the newest member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, and he got very teary eyed. His former players, like Troy Aikman, were very emotional, as you've got two greats, and Jimmy Johnson, who, of course, from the South. And then you got Bill Cower who played football for the Wolfpack. He's inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Congratulations to those two who are part of the 100th class of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And that is a quick look back at all the sports happenings here on the Y'all Show. And a reminder, again, on Tuesday's Y'all Show, we got all the college football playoff national championship game covered big time by our friend matt hermans and we'll be right here to break it all down coming up on y'all we got tales from tacapola thanks to jerry short covered and that's coming up next as the y'all show continues
2: Beep's coming. You know what to do.
3: Hey, I'm gonna just rip this band-aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you. And I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. (laughs) How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool, not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could.
4: Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply.
0: Takapola time is here. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Good to have you back here as we get this week going and we get it going big time when we have our Takapola storyteller, Jerry Short, drop by with his short stories feature. Jerry, we're still here as a a, a citizenry. We didn't get blown up the last couple of weeks or a couple of days specifically with all that was happening in in the Middle East.
5: Yeah, I know it. I don't know if we're going to get blown up in Washington or, or uh, Tehran. Yeah. It, uh, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> boy, boy, this thing's uh, turning out in uh, the swamp.
0: The but, swamp, uh, swamp's getting a little murky, but
5: uh, yeah, no, we, we, we discussed
0: drain. last week with Jerry some of his special forces background and the killing of Soleimani, and, and now in the last week since when we talked about all that. Maybe, just maybe, we might have dodged a bullet and things are going to even be better for the whole world. That's what we hope for. We're going to talk to Jerry in the next segment about something else going on. We talk about global warming. Well, there's one reason we might have a little global warming going on right now, and it's all because of Mother Nature, nothing that mankind had to do with global warming, and this is something going on in another portion of the world, not necessarily the Southeast, but I do want to talk to Jerry about some of this rainfall we had a really nasty weekend with weather and we've had a lot of rain the ground saturated in most of the southeast and that is causing problems so we'll kind of shift to some of our earth talk with jerry short in the next segment but jerry i know last yes. week we were a little we were a little tense about what was going on in the middle east specifically with iraq and <laughs> iran and what what do you think is going on there
5: well it was time to be tense and uh you know what i think i think what What uh, kind of calmed this whole situation down was the downing of that aircraft with 170 people on it. And uh, that that made a whole different scenario. And, uh, you know, they were bombing us, and they were shooting rockets at us, and they were shooting missiles at us, and they were shooting missiles that were uh, produced by the Russians, and uh, they had heat seekers, and and uh, they did just about everything they had over there except the big boys. And so I think uh, if that, you know, we really still don't know if that's an accident or what, but the first, first sight I saw of that aircraft laying on the ground, I said, hey, this thing's been shot down by a missile. It's not coming down like that and be scattered over that many dang acres uh, as that plane was scattered over, I mean, you know, one way the guy could turn that airplane into a glider if he had an engine go out or something and he could have glided that thing to a golf course anywhere. So, uh, they definitely shot it down, which they've admitted now. So, uh, they, they realized they couldn't uh, get out not uh, admitting that. So I think when that happened and I'm, you know, a lot of people say that, uh, they didn't try to hit our targets. It, they have the capabilities because what they did to Saudi Arabia, they was able to hit every target they wanted to in the uh, oil refinery areas of Saudi Arabia. And uh, they did it. And they did it with uh, precision. However, you know, we had a few... Uh, we don't have a iron shield like uh, Israel to got, but we've got certain ways to combat against incoming uh, rounds. And so I think that's we were doing that. They had four misfires in the process. Uh, But this plane situation, I think, settled the whole deal down. First, uh, Iran thought that they could pull that off as, uh, hey, look what we've caused. Collateral damage? No, it's not collateral damage. They shot it down. You know, it, it was completely shot down. It wasn't anything to do with a, just a military training exercise with, or a, or a uh, situation where you're fighting in a town and you got collateral damage. It wasn't like that. The plane was shot completely down. So my, my take on it is, all the way from over here in the bunker in Tacapola, is that the uh, plane was shot down. It was a blessing for us. Uh, It calmed the whole situation down. It was getting kind of hot. We were going to have to retaliate. Our generals had met. uh, Department of State had met. The President had met. The Vice President had met. And uh, we had targets picked out. I think we had 54 targets picked out. And but we didn't have to use them. And I still, like I said, now I may be way off base, but I think bringing that aircraft down with that uh, collateral damage, if you want to throw that name out there, that collateral damage caused by Iran um, save the day. What do you think, John?
0: I think so. There's some key elements that people may not have been I guess it hasn't been repeated over and over in the news that I I remember vividly from last week when this happened that I want to share that we need to keep the the heat on the Iranian officials. And and trust me, their own populace evidently knows about what what I'm about to say. But they got caught in two lies last week both of which even if you're living in iran you're going to know that your own people were lying bold faced lying okay lie number one came on the night of the missile launch when they announced Absolutely. that they had crippled our air force bases and i saw one report i believe they claimed they had killed about 80 people do you remember yeah 60? they did okay
5: no i know they said 40 something okay and uh, it could easily have been 80 something and uh they couldn't pull that off. I think our people had been notified by uh by Iraq. You know, Iran notified Iraq with the
0: that, that that's one scenario I've heard Ooh. our people say, No, we warned Iraq and the reason we warned them is because we could detect the missile launch the I guess they know when they even cut them on to fire. Absolutely. And and so there's some, some doubt about who told who, but if our technology is the way we think it is, sure enough, our people would have been monitoring what was going on in Iran, and they knew when those things started getting ready to fire, and sure enough, we did help stop that. But it doesn't matter. My point is, Iran announced on their state TV they had... Pretty much crippled our air Force base there in Iraq and had killed dozens of people that 's not true now, whether if you 're living in iran if you 're in a a suburb of Tehran, if you know that that was a bold face lie now i 'm not sure. However, lie number two came when the plane went down that 's when they denied it, and they said that that it was i don 't know what their original excuse for the plane crash was. But they, well, they
5: said uh, they said it could have been a a human error or a heat seeking missile
0: coming Might from us from from our yeah. side.
5: Just we had, in other words, we had instigated this this back and forth, back and forth, semi conflict. Okay, and uh, so they were saying that you know we were at fault because we had started this mess, which we hadn't started this mess. No, but uh, they, had you a, know, they that was another lie
0: well they it had a tr- like tr- trigger happy guy there on their yeah. end that was a little uh, weirded out by missile launches and thought that good old the, the evil Satan was coming to Tehran and, and bombed that place and that wasn't the case we want to make sure we point out we are very sorry for the loss of life, the innocent oh, Ukraine crew there. I know they had a lot of Iranians killed on that, and they had a lot of Canadians who were dual citizens with Iran that were killed on that flight. And those people lost their lives needlessly.
5: Well, I think they had 80 of their own killed, and uh, you know they all had families. And <laughs> you can bet uh, no one boarded that airplane uh, knowing that it was going to get shot down. Nobody sacrificed. You know there's no theory there you know it's nothing but a fact that they let that airplane take off and if you're in the middle of a of a combat zone firing missiles at each other uh you do not uh clear the airways and and let your personal uh let your uh individual planes fly in uh in the proximity of where the missiles are i mean you know that's that's where they really blew it too and i by the plane going down they couldn't sell that to their own people you know i just it wasn't any way you were going to sell your people that hey you know we got planes taking off from our airplane airport and it's going on flying in this uh in this war zone mm-hmm. and that that don't buy it,
0: and of course know? we remember right after it crashed iran had people out there instantly cleaning the place up refusing to release the black box i black mean box, right. they got caught with their cookie in the cookie jar. Yeah, right.
5: when you refuse to release the black box well you know uh go before perry mason or any good uh take any good lawyer and and go to court and you're going to be proving that somebody's lying in this case well and we, we hope. Had a black box.
0: We hope for the best. I hate that 176 people had to lose their life, but perhaps that plane being blown out of the sky could have saved thousands and thousands of other lives on both sides, and maybe just maybe Iran will come to their senses, and we can have true peace between the countries in the region, and and President Trump, I don't think is. Making this up, he doesn't really want our troops to be over there. What what uh-huh. advantage do we have of being over there, except to calm things down? And when we can prove that things over there are calm and going to stay calm, and they're they don't have to hate us, and we don't have to be scared mm-hmm. of them, then then we can move on to other problems in the world, well, like I mean, uh, North Korea.
5: This, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. But this thing's been going on since the beginning of time almost, and yeah, you, know, you know, it may be called a Persian Empire. Or it may be called Iran or it may or you may say it started in ninety in seventy nine with uh embassy being taken over, but this thing's been going on way they didn't all of a sudden in seventy nine decide, hey, let's take that embassy you know this goes way back, and this goes back to after World War two and uh and that uh, to get really heated up started getting heated up,
8: mm-hmm.
5: and so I think that uh um, What's happened uh, with the, as it's working out so far? Uh, heck, it couldn't be any better for what we're looking for over there uh, because we weren't even going to talk to those people. And if you go back and think about, I know you're a young man. but you go back and you think about when uh, the 79, when the embassy was taken, and you think about Khomeini uh, coming in, and, and they're beating themselves during Ramadan with chains and, stuff and man it wasn't fear of uh and here i was i was in a unit at that time it might uh have to go if colonel uh, lieutenant colonel Beckwith said let's go but um you know you just you, you know we were a little bit shook up the way things were with those people at that time and it hadn't changed since then but it looks to me like uh he's no dean today is kind of backing down I think he sees his, uh, his Achilles heel. And his Achilles heel could very well be his own people. And I, the way they're in the streets today, they're not in the streets like they were the day they buried him. It's a little different scenario. You know, it's over what's gone down and how it's gone down. So. Let's just keep our fingers crossed and
0: pray. Yeah, well, let's hope so, of course. In Washington, D.C. this week, another conflict expected, as if if it all goes as expected. The impeachment paperwork will be oh, delivered boy. to the U.S. Senate. And mm-hmm. Pelosi, I don't know if you saw her on any of the shows this past weekend. I boy, have caught a
5: glimpse
0: of her. Boy, she mm-hmm. seemed pretty happy. She wanted that, mm-hmm. the impeachment to be a stain, a forever stain on President Donald Trump. That's
5: right. She says it will be. And, uh, of course, she'd like to have some more witnesses all of a sudden. And uh, she wants to change the rules in the midstream. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, how did this woman get a- elected twice to be the uh, Speaker of the House?
0: California.
5: It, it's yeah, Well, that's true. And that's one reason you bring up another subject, uh that, that worries the dickens out of me about this Electoral College situation. They're going to fight to do away with Electoral College, and uh, that's coming. I hear more and more about that every day, how they want to do it. Even if, which state is it now that's not going to uh, accept Electoral College? They're going to uh, vote there for the presidential election. I'm thinking it's Oregon. Washington states, one of those liberal uh, West coast states, they are uh, thinking about uh, only uh, submitting the uh, popular vote so uh, that'll go to obviously that will go before the Supreme Court mm-hmm. but uh, that'll be interesting to see how that how that unfolds.
0: We talked about population trends on our show last week, Jerry. And the natural, you would think, of these states growing big time, and and they are Texas and Florida. But we also have seen a pretty big growth in Georgia, even in Tennessee. Even Mississippi has had a pretty big growth spurt over the last year or two.
5: Yeah, people are really waking up in these other places. Just keep your fingers crossed and pray again that they don't bring their ideology with them. (laughs) Because we sure don't we sure don't need to change to them i'd rather stay like poor old Polo even with our grist mill gone um i'd lots rather be in this situation as uh beverly hills yeah
0: we need are. to make grist mills great again that's our objective that's, that's here right. on the that's y'all right. show hey jerry we got to talk about mother nature global warming and an earthquake yeah we'll tell you about yeah. that but also a volcano and you know. that's one way to increase global warming for sure. We're going to talk to you about that, get your take on Mother Nature and some of the recent developments on that front as we close up this Monday Y'all Show after this break. Beep's coming. You
2: know what to do.
3: Hey, I'm going to just rip this band-aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. (laughs) How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could.
4: Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may
2: apply.
1: I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease use as directed mm
0: segment with jerry short he's still on with us here the teller of tales from Pola i'm john rawl and this is the y'all show jerry we're seeing some global warming of a major way happen right now in the philippines i know you have a connection to that country and maybe we'll even see some remnants of that thing come all the way to this part of the world i know that's happened before when you've had these massive massive Volcanoes, what can you tell us about what's going on in the nation of the Philippines?
5: Well, right now in the Philippines, if you're familiar, uh, a historian, you can go back to when we, I guess we pulled out of uh, Clark uh, uh, base in 91 or so, and uh, at the request of the Philippine government. And that was our biggest, one of our biggest bases in the world, which had, went back to, of course, World War II, but it actually went back to the Spanish. To the spanish-american war of 1898 uh, or whenever that happened some, somewhere in that period of time that's when we got uh the philippines from um from spain but um, over there not far from uh, manila i think it's about 40 miles from manila to the southwest there's an island called tile island and um uh it, they, right in the middle of that island is a volcano that it's erupted a good many times. I think it's erupted 30-something times probably in our lifetime. But there's houses around that lake that face it, that they're evacuating now. And my wife has uh, some relatives that live close to that, that they're evacuating now and getting them out of there. So uh, the situation there doesn't look real good. The uh, I think it's already shot ash up three or four miles in there and and you know, uh, this pollution and this global warming, as you led into this, uh, segment with, um, my gosh, what can be more, uh, of a global warming, uh, asset, asset to the, uh, global warming people that, uh, think every little thing that happens is caused with, uh, the carbon footprint. So I'm, uh, saying the carbon footprint is about three or four miles in the air now. Getting ready to blow dust, and I'm bringing that up on on the fact that I've kind of uh, linked to three different scenarios of volcanic eruptions or volcanic dormant. And uh, you familiar with the Ring of Fire? Yes. And uh, which circles the uh, all the way to the Philippines, and then comes I think it goes all the way up to the Bering Strait comes all the way back down through California and uh so all that is the ring of fire now if you'll notice that's where we have in our earthquakes that's where we have our uh volcanoes and uh the what the temperature changes in those areas also and that makes a lot of change it looks like you know the more they'll heat up the more the surrounding area of water or anything else will heat up. Even the ground will heat up underneath because even if it's a dormant, it's still hot in the middle and it's uh, volcanic rock and uh, it'll all steam up and And your water or temperature, if you drill in water or if you are drilling a well, uh, a petroleum well, you'll find that the temperature is a lot different. So I'm saying all that ties together is we look at it because we all remember Mount St. Helens about uh well one one reason I remember it really good it was on my birthday May the 18th 1980 and uh I was uh at the time I was working with a major timber company and I was buying land and stuff and I was in Meridian that uh that uh day that it hit May the 18th but however two days later I come down from my room to get in my vehicle to go look at some uh, Timberland. And I can't see, out that when I come out on the uh, balcony, I can't see because it's ash everywhere. It took two days for that ash to blow across uh, uh, the United States. It went through 12 states. But it also circled the doggone earth in two weeks. So we had gas. You know, and we had ash, and uh, it went twelve miles in the in the air. I think I remember that right, and it was about five or six hundred million tons of ash, and that drifted a couple thousand miles. And by the time he got to us in Meridian, well, I had to go down to my vehicle. I could, I bet ash was two inches thick on my vehicle, and that had come all the way. From uh, Mount St. Helens, Washington, it's what it's right there on Interstate Five. As you go, as you leave Oregon, you see Mount Hel, uh, you see Saint Mount Helens. So you're right. Now I'd been out there with some timber situations uh, a little bit before that, and it was a green except up till you get to the uh, snow level, and it still had snow on it. You know, in the early part of the year, even though it's May the 18th. It probably still had snow on it then. I think it did have a lot of snow which caused a lot of mudslides. But those things are all connected and they cause a the temperature change. And then you get back over here to Mississippi and you don't think about uh us having um, a volcano. However, uh I always uh wondered why the roads, you know, I know it's a little bit like a funds for infrastructure. But uh, the roads around the capital in Mississippi and Jackson are terrible and they call it Yazoo clay where the clay will harden and crack and then that does the same thing to the to the concrete level on the highways well that's from a volcano that sits directly under the coliseum if you've ever been down interstate 55 that's a volcano that's about 2500 feet directly under there. Now it hadn't, it's been dormant for millions of years. And the last time I believe that it was active, we probably had dinosaurs walking on the face of the earth and, but it blew then and it was active for a long time and it was sitting around water because, you know, the earth has made quite a change since that day and time, but uh, it was kind of like the one in the Philippines. So I connect those two together and what possibly could happen over here with us. Now, the worst thing about all that is down underneath, it's got so much carbon dioxide. And if we know that, and that area underneath that capital in Jackson has got one fourth of the carbon dioxide in America. Now, if that thing was to blow, and it's possible, it could blow. Because there's signs around it that they kind of nobody talks about, but I know they uh, an oil company drilled. There was an oil field over there in uh, called Tinsley Oil Field. They drilled. It was in Yazoo City. They drilled uh, down and they come up with lava, and uh, it was hot. And the water temperature on a well that they dug for the city at eighteen hundred to 2,000 feet. Also, uh, the temperature was like 102 degrees water after you went down that far. So all that's coming off of that dormant uh, volcano underneath the ground. So we could have global warming, but we're not going to have it from a car. That's my opinion. We're not going to have it from uh, cattle uh, using the restroom in the pasture. We're not going to have it from those things because if we do away with cows here at Tacopola, hey man, we're in a buy. and, um, I've got to, we've got to have cows here. So anyway, if that all erupts and the carbon footprint that, uh, I want to see who's got enough money to pay for the carbon footprints for things like that. And that I think that's all connected to the ring of fire and that ring of fire is going to, one of these days going to be our carbon footprint that we're not going to be able to afford or maybe even survive. So I, you know, I, I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit because of the, because of the volcano that was going on in the Philippines. And my wife seems real concerned about it because she has family there, yeah. but we're sitting on top of one also. And, uh, you know, volcanoes, you know, about the volcano at, uh, Missouri, that uh, happened in the 1800s that caused the Mississippi River to run uphill.
0: That wasn't a volcano. So, that was an earthquake.
5: A hurricane. Uh, no, I mean earthquake. Yeah. It was an earthquake. There you go. That was at, uh, what was the name of the little town?
0: That would uh, be New Madrid.
5: New Madrid fault, right. hmm New and Madrid um,
0: right on the Mississippi River across from Kentucky. Yeah,
5: because they had seismograph uh, equipment at the University of Mississippi when I was a boy that they monitored that. Because they always anticipated that to happen again, and uh, I assume they still do. So, you know, we're kind of sitting on top of it. There's not many places in the United States where we we have volcanoes. Yeah. But, uh, Let me ask you about got- something
0: else, Jerry. We've had yeah. all this rainfall. We had some nasty weather come in, some deadly weather over the last couple of days. We've had a pretty wet couple of months here in the southeast and i know in florida and other parts of the south they have issues with sinkholes but they also have cave-ins that happens in areas where you have so much rain and i know there's been a bunch of cave-ins popping up and it's been rather scary sometimes these cave-ins can happen in the middle of a highway for example so what's your what what is your knowledge of cave-ins not sinking sinkholes well
5: well, i've seen a few of them and uh And and you're absolutely right, they do, uh, they just disappear. But, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that besides uh, rain and weather and things like that. A lot of times, construction companies uh, will bury timber under the ground and then cover it up. And then over an extended period of time, it'll decay and it'll sinkhole, right? Right.
0: Or cavian, uh, technically.
5: Yeah, or cavian. And uh, if it's close to the edge and water does run in like that, I've seen concrete just all of a sudden just drop out of sight. And uh, as a matter of fact, years ago, I came across one, and uh, it wasn't that bad, but if I hadn't hit had my bricks, I would have probably went through my bricks, my brakes. I would have probably went through the windshield mm. because it had caved in. And, you know, I don't know if it's a sinkhole from weather or if it's a sinkhole from, um, uh, like I said, people, construction people get in a hurry, save money, uh, bury uh, tree limbs and tree stumps under the ground and they decay, and that'll cause one. Mm -hmm. And Florida is known for them anyway. I don't know if that's what you're talking
0: about. No, I'm talking about other areas where you don't even have sinkholes because of the land, the soil. There, sinkholes yeah. aren't historically there, but you do have these cave-ins, and part of it is because of rain, but also just what you're talking about when people are well, building uh, projects—they're lazy yeah. or they want to cut sa- cost, Save and they just—they just, they just bury the timber.
5: I'm gonna tell you, I'm 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 all for drilling wells and. And all in the oil business, and I'm all for uh, um, just uh, going ahead. We've got to be uh, we've got to be independent, uh, fuel independent. Uh, we won't make it. And uh, so anyway, um, a lot of times when they're doing wells, they're subject to going ahead and maybe taking out too much or pumping too much water in, and especially if they've changed their style and uh i don't want to blame any any scientific thing on that but sometimes you know it can cause it won't it it might just be a stage two earthquake but it's enough to shift shift the rock enough to get the rain to cause the sinkhole Mm. and i've seen that in oklahoma where uh somebody had done one and they had drilled it and they had to move the, the rock. They had a small, they were having a lot of tremors around north of Oklahoma City and Enid, and I was working out that way. And uh, they blamed the Oklahoma uh, Environmental Agency did. They blamed that on uh, drilling that well and causing the small earthquake, which causes the rock formation to shift, which causes the water to run in there which causes the ground to sink and fall in. And you know, that makes sense. Hmm. I can't uh, I can't deny them on that.
0: Well, so. we are getting very scientific on today's y'all show and we also don't want to leave out the brush, The well, they, no, I'm sorry, they're not brush the bush, the bush fires of Australia, what we have here in this country.
5: Brush, is that bush and brush?
0: Bush, they you. call it the bush in Australia and then of yeah. course we had a lot of problems with California wildfires. We've had all of that. But I'm telling you, you can take all these wildfires. I'm sorry. I don't think they compare to a volcano when it comes to global warming. And they don't. are well, a no. d- darn thing we can do about volcanoes.
5: Well, they've also, on this Australian situation, they've also arrested 50 or 60 people for setting some of those fires. Mm. You know, you've always, when I worked for this major timber company, we had one area south of a town called Kosciuszko, which happens to be the home of uh, Oakford Winfrey. But uh, at lunchtime, we would plant uh, a half a section, 320 acres of land, and uh, somebody would go out there. When the trees got up about two years old, they would burn it every time. We planted that place four times. Yeah. So you got firebugs bugs. It'll do things like that, and I think that happened in Australia man. also.
0: Jerry, we appreciate everything. Thank you for your knowledge of the environment and all that you provide here on the Y'all Show. We hope you have a great rest of your week, sir.
5: Thank you so much, Mr. Uh, Environment yourself, and and, uh, I appreciate it, and Look forward to talking to you again in the near yeah.
0: future. Yeah, we're being sponsored today by Greenpeace. Well, that will wrap that up our yeah. We're, that will wrap up our show. Thank you all for listening. Hey, when you tune in on Tuesday's y'all show, oh, we might be setting fires in certain portions of the South if our favorite college football team doesn't win to this evening. Yes, we'll have a complete recap of the Clemson-LSU National Championship game. Matt Hirman's, our barrister of college football and barbecue, will be on to help us do that. Plus, we'll have him talk a little bit about comparing the komodo joe versus the big green egg if you're looking for a new grill and that's the kind of grill you're looking at matt Herman's is going to break it all down for us on the tuesday y'all show so until that time all i can say is either go tigers or go tigers